everyone. Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to in-depth conversations with cannabis marketers who are breaking down stigma and changing the game of cannabis communications. Today, we're talking to Dirk Price, the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of eAccountable, a conversion-focused digital marketing agency, which he grew from an ambitious seed-level startup into a grown-up, globally-operating, full-service digital advertising agency that serves celebrated brands such as Peter Millar, Waterford Crystal, Cafe Press, and Beretta. Over the past 20 years, Dirk has piloted virtually every touchpoint of eAccountable's operation, including everything from ensuring the success of its team and driving the sustainable growth of its clients, to developing accredited partnerships with household names like Google, Bing, Amazon, Facebook, Yahoo Gemini, Commission Junction, Pepper Jam Network, Rakuten, Yotpo, and more. Prior to eAccountable, Mr. Price was the president and founder of NetBlocks, an internet design, programming, and content development firm. Before NetBlocks, Dirk worked as an AVP in the commercial real estate leasing division of Cushman and Wakefield, one of the leading global real estate services firms, staffing more than 45,000 employees across 400 offices in 70 countries. Dirk Price holds a Bachelor's of Arts in History from the University of Missouri and is a member of the Denver Business Journal Leadership Trust and Forbes Agency Council. He also serves the University of Missouri on the Advisory Council of the Department of Communications. Dirk is known for providing an in-person experience to every client served, even if he never gets to visit a client's office. His empirically backed approach deep expertise, and genuine interest in improving his clients' businesses has consistently yielded triumphs across some of the most competitive segments. Welcome, Dirk, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for uh, asking me to be here. Of course. So I met Dirk recently as eAccountable joined Cannabis Marketing Association, and they are a well-known and recognized agency here in Denver, uh, where both of us are headquartered. So for today's podcast, I'd really like to talk a bit about how you started and grew your agency. Many of our listeners are uh, marketers in the cannabis space and those who are starting up their own client-facing service businesses. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that, and then we'll get into some of the nuances of CBD marketing online, which I know is a specialty of yours. So let's start off today with what made you want to start eAccountable? Could you tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial experience starting eAccountable in the early days? I like being uh, my own boss. I mean, I, I've said in the past, no one would hire me. Uh, <laughs> and so I just made my own jobs. Uh, so NetBlocks, I started doing internet development design programming in 27 years ago, something like that. Uh, maybe, yeah, 27, 26, 27 years ago. Uh, but it's really hard. I really didn't like the web development business as much as I liked the marketing. So I left, so I closed that company down and I worked for, and in, in, I was in Dallas and worked for a couple of dot coms that soon became dot bombs. Uh, and so they were the typical, you know, raise a bunch of money, didn't have a clue what they were doing, um, had a lot of fun. But at the end of a, a year of doing that, I realized all these guys needed help marketing. And so I just basically decided I was going to start my own agency and concentrate on helping people get more traffic. And so I started eAccountable in 2000. It was really the express 
idea to help companies grow. And we work with all kinds of size companies, small, medium, and large, but just helping companies grow their, their business. And it's become kind of our passion and, and kind of key, um, you know, I, I think mission's a little bit overused, but it's kind of what we try to do for all of our customers is just help them grow their businesses. That's simple. And who were some of the clients you had in the early days? What were some of the initiatives? How did you grow in those early days of the internet and of the agency? Well, this is, we started it well before Google started. Yeah. Overture, which uh, became, it was purchased by Microsoft and became Bing. Uh, it was the first place you could buy traffic. Uh, we really worked in helping people build content on their site help them. Uh, we did a lot of lead generation at the time, uh, but we did, you know, create content. We did lead generation. We did a little bit of early days of overture and, and early uh, uh, paid search. Uh, but we, we were doing uh, what was called really affiliate marketing at the time, uh, right from day one. Uh, we had, cu I had customers almost immediately just because I, you know, I'd done work in the space. Nobody really knew anything, so I'd walk in and I thought, you know, they thought I knew something, so they'd hire me. Um, and so we just started doing it, but we started doing affiliate programs literally as early as they started. And, and that's kind of evolved in what's now called partner and affiliate. But the key component of that, it was performance based so that you wouldn't pay anybody for doing anything until a sale occurred. And that obviously has very high interest everybody like to hire a whole team of uh, commission only salespeople so it became really really strong popular particularly in the retail space so we continue to focus on the retail space and then over the years we just kept adding services we were big in the affiliate partner marketing space then we we got into paid search and we got into facebook marketing and now we do amazon marketing for customers and so, and you know, part of our umbrella company is we have a research company, so we can do all kinds of high level market research, whatever they're looking for. Uh, we're doing political research right now, just to, not that we have any politicians as customers, but we're doing the research just to show our capabilities in that, in that forum. Uh, so again, our capabilities have expanded over the years and, um, you know, we keep finding customers that like to grow their businesses. And did you start uh, specializing in retail? Was that sort of the first vertical you got your head around or, or were you spread across? Yeah, we really kind of ended up in retail, you know, almost, um, I did a lot of lead generation early on because they didn't have the same kind of tools for retail. So we were doing a lot of lead generation for brands that are now gone like Business 2.0, which was an online and printed magazine and they were you know we were helping them grow their um, grow their lead basis we did it for a company called social net again long gone but that was a uh, the guy paul allen venture a vulcan venture so they put a lot of money in that we were doing lead generation and doing their affiliate program and so we did a lot of lead generation initially but we were, i always felt comfortable in retail um i I, my business life started out in retail. I actually sold men's clothes. I was in college and ran a men's clothing store. 
and uh, really liked retail. So I've been to New York, I've been, you know, it's been to all the buying and done all that, seen all that. And I really like that space. And so I just kind of naturally went, and it also lends itself to the affiliate channel um, very well. So again, retail was a conscious effort. And then in hindsight, looking back at 20 years of doing this, the, the e-commerce space, retail online e-commerce has gone up 15 to 18% every year, minimum for 20 years. Yeah. And so, you know, as you see the p number of people buying online increasing, and yeah, you're seeing it even now, what you're gonna see is a really big bump in online buying through Instacart and Grubhub and all the delivery guys, but you're gonna see subject to supply chain interruptions, which we're expecting too, you're gonna to see foot traffic down in all the retail stores, which we haven't seen any stats on that yet, I've been looking for it, but you're gonna see more and more people are gonna do e-commerce to the point that e-commerce guys are now doing non-touch delivery. So they'll actually drop your groceries off, ring your doorbell and leave so you don't really have to touch another human being. But e-commerce is gonna be a big boom from this. Now, for some of the wrong reasons, of course, but e-commerce has been a really continuous march for 20 years since I've been in it. And you know, so sometimes you're you know, looking at something, you just, you know, that's a good fortune I had of being in the retail space that has grown so dramatically over the last 20 years. Yeah, that's interesting. And so you think e-commerce is going to keep growing. It's not slowing down at all. No, it's continuing to grow. The What you're going to see is more omni-channel, multi-channel um, uh, activity. So you're going to see the targets of the world making it easier for you to buy online, pick up a store, buy online, get it delivered to you. Uh, go to the store, they don't have the size, get it, the store ships it to you. All this multi-channel, omni-channel stuff, Walmart's doing it. Uh, Amazon has got some stores, in fact, in our building in Denver, we have an Amazon store on the first floor. Really interesting. Hmm. Uh, so you're seeing the, and you're seeing the guys that are failing in the retail space. Typically, one of the major reasons you look back is they have terrible websites. They're not investing enough resources in that. They're getting run over by much more agile, direct, uh, uh, only online. And so, you know, they're they're adapting faster. They're innovating faster than these stores. And you're, so you're seeing American Eagle. You're seeing one of our really good customers, who I didn't think were really going to be impacted, was a, a company called Performance Bike. They had 110 stores, high-end bikes, had a huge online presence, but they, they never figured out how to make money doing both. Um, and so you saw them go, you know, die. Uh, so you're seeing the companies that really haven't adapted to online are starting to really uh, fall off. You're seeing Nordstrom's investing heavily in online. You're seeing, you know, Walmart investing heavily. You're seeing, obviously, they're competing against Amazon that has got more investment in e-commerce and fulfillment than any all of them combined. And of course, their stock uh, value shows that. So again, yes, somebody uh, actually did that. They thought Amazon was going to grow 25% annually for the foreseeable future. Amazon is already 38% of all online e-commerce sales. So if they're going to continue to grow 25%, what does Walmart have to do? What does Target have to do to even be, keep pace? So the, the level of innovation and what they're doing and how 
how people are starting to support the online is is pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah, Amazon really is uh, establishing themselves as they're the they're the leader and they're the one to keep up with. That's been clear for a long time. Yeah, and they're really difficult to work with. <laughs> yeah. really, it's really hard. It's straightforward, but it's really hard. Uh, you know, we want to, I don't think we need to get in the nuances of them competing against their own customers, but uh, it's it's a very interesting uh, platform to work with. And we're really excited to do it because it's, it's just another learning thing, another thing we have to learn. Learning is a key component of our entire business is we learn new stuff all the time. That's awesome. So I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, CBD marketing, because that seems to be a specialty that eAccountable has gotten into and um, you're quite well versed in. So um, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on CBD marketing and particularly the trends you're seeing. I know that affiliate marketing is a, a big part of how CBD brands market themselves online, but it seems that there are companies every day starting there are people who are starting cbd brands every day it's getting more and more crowded and um tougher to sort through you know what's good quality product and where to get it so can you talk a little bit about how you built your cbd vertical and e-accountable and how you service those clients um you know as in a lot of things in life it was it was serendipity that we ended up with a customer um and they ended up being the biggest, best CBD brand. Let's not best, let's the biggest one, and arguably one of the most advanced out there. And they were there early. They're doing a lot of things right. They're really doing a great job. Their whole effort on compliance is impeccable. And so we, that was our first exposure. Was a you know really customer that taught us a lot on how to be best practices within the CBD space. And as we, you know, people have seen that's who we're working with. And I don't know that we need to say who it is, but you know, it's just the biggest one in the space uh, right now. And uh, as they saw who we were working with, they saw that we were working with them, uh, heard about it. Um, uh, we started getting more and more calls on C CBD brands. So we, within that, have seen every kind of growth and failure, you know, kind of craziness that is inherent right now in the CBD. And we know less about the cannabis space because we deal with product that can be shipped across state lines, typically. So we deal less in the cannabis space, but it's still kind of that, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. It's the way the internet was 27 years ago, 20 years ago, and it continues in certain categories like CBD and cannabis or cannabis adjacent products uh, to today. But we, we've seen a little bit of everything and um, you know, the, the, you know, it's, it's really an interesting space. Uh, you know, I believe in the product, um, you know, but we, there are a lot of naysayers that say the product isn't anything, but we've been in the supplement space for as long as we've been in business, meaning selling vitamins and fish oil and all that stuff. And we never made that judgment uh, if people, the anecdotal information we get on the CBD space is overwhelmingly yeah. positive, positive, unbelievable. And there can't just be mass hysteria. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, there's something about it. Yes, we haven't studied it. 
is it a is it you know an effect that we don't really understand is it additive to your life yeah i'm not a scientist that isn't my thing but there's a lot of stuff that you know eating chocolate makes you feel better okay so if this makes you feel better you ought to keep doing it and so let's not get any more involved about making that kind of judgment but you know we believe in you know brand and brand quality and compliance and you know really working with guys that do a really good job of controlling quality um, throughout the entire process and that's who we find but it is i would say right now it's really really hard to establish a brand um, yeah. is and that's the part that a lot of these guys don't understand i think early on you could literally open a store and start selling them tomorrow it was that easy online i mean somewhat easy online um, but now that they find that really brand building is is the key and that's really hard work expensive hard work so when you first started working with this brand, was it before the farm bill? And what I want to get at is, uh, in terms of your agency, what was the biggest learning curve or what you would say is step one in terms of getting into CBD marketing? Was it really understanding compliance or was it more um, what channels work for CBD brands? And I know this is evolving quickly as this industry has grown quite fast over the last few years. We've been in the CBD space three and a half years, so it's before the farm bill. Mm -hmm. um, so it was all kind of, you know, one of those hazy legal places that, you know, they seemed to be ignoring at the time. And um, again, the first customer we went, went with, you know, they were very, very, you know, you'd almost say conservative. They weren't conservative people at all, but they really took a very conservative approach to compliance and what they were saying and all any claims and they were making sure they weren't making any undue claims so that's how we came out we came out you know being compliant that's really all we knew and that's kind of been one of the things we stuck stuck with so we we came in before the farm bill and we thought that we'd easily be able to get these this customer and future customers into google facebook and amazon we have tested all of that and of course, uh, you can't do that right now. So the only real channel that's been available where you can get traffic is through partners. Now you can build SEO, you can build your own content and you can get it ranked. But what we found is these partners, these uh, uh, pub publishing partners like Canna Review, uh, Remedy Reviews, uh, Canna Insider, um, there's all kinds of these guys that have been out there writing about cannabis and CBD for three, four, five, six years, and they're getting all those top spots in search on anything you can think of and, and CBD and cannabis because they've been writing about it for years and they've been writing good content. These are guys that really do know what they're doing. And so those are the guys then that we went after to become partners and pay a performance metric for them doing so this was really one of the few channels that you could get up every day and drive traffic um, you know we're still very still not sure why uh, we know that, that Google Facebook and Amazon are testing within the CBD and hemp space but we still haven't seen any broad release yet you can find Sephora products in the Google uh, product feed uh, coming up in search 
if you do a, if you do a CBD search, you'll find they'll they'll pull in Google Ads. That's from it's from retailers that aren't CBD only. It's from it's Vitamin Shop. It's you know Sephora just announced with Lord Jones and they're putting a test in to. Uh, 240 stores or something like that. They're coming out with kind of a brand that's specifically for Sephora customers by Lord Jones. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. And you'll actually can find Sephora has also other products that have CBD in it, beauty products, lotions, uh, topicals that they're doing. So we're seeing some effort that some topicals are showing up. But again, if you've got a big enough paid search catalog, and you don't push CBD in any advertising, you can have it show up in your Google feed and it'll show up in search. So if you're a 100% CBD company like Charlotte's Web, CB Distillery, uh, Lord Jones, Sunday Scaries, you're not getting any, you can't go buy the traffic. So it's really an incredibly complex issue. And we're trying to guide our customers throughout all that, but. Now, obviously, our hope is that we'll be able to do paid search, paid, paid uh, Facebook and Amazon so we can really help our customers grow. Because right now, the only place we can help them is in, other than SEO is in the partner space, partner affiliate space. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that space change at all? And, um, you know, I've been hearing that from a paid search perspective, Google's starting to allow or Facebook is starting to allow um, topical ads. Right. Um, have you been seeing that as well? Yeah, it looks like they're taking a few tests. I don't know. Um, none of our customers have asked us really to go try to figure out Facebook. They'd rather wait for Google and Amazon. Yeah. Um, uh, Facebook's top of the funnel typically. Not that that's a bad thing. It's really good. Um, and it's inexpensive, uh, relatively inexpensive. but. So none of our customers really asked us to do that, and I know they've been they've been testing off and on. But like a lot of these guys, they'll test, and all of a sudden you're turned off Amazon in particular. Um, you know, you have I've seen stuff show up that's CBD, and then a week later it's gone. Um, and you know, we we've been really careful about not getting our customers in any trouble with any of those guys waiting for the long term. I keep telling everybody it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Yeah. And if you try to go out and, and do something, you may end up getting blocked and never get back in. Amazon in particular is really tough. If you they, you go against their terms and services with a product that they have banned at the time they do, even if it becomes available, they still may not let you in. And then, so the risk of doing that is fairly uh, onerous. Uh, so again, we've been kind of taking the conservative side but we have been testing and we, we are having some success for short periods of time. Um, so we know it's going to work. Those channels are going to work. Um, it's just kind of really difficult to keep it on an ongoing basis where it really makes it financially. Uh, we can track it, you know, manage it, grow it, you know, like we do most of our retail customers. So again, it's pretty tricky. Can you talk about um, Amazon's terms of service and some of the best practices for um, selling through them? Well, right now, if you if your website, if you have a website that's purely hemp, has no reference to CBD, no CBD on the labels, you can get hemp into Amazon. 
Um, and so best practices are you can do that. There's really not a big issue with hemp only, side hemp only products. Um, but people are not looking for hemp, they're looking for CBD. Right. And so the conversions aren't nearly the same. So you can do all you want. And the other thing is there's so much hemp out there that is literally salad oil. Um, right. uh, Charles Webb did a study and they, they pulled 13 hemp products from, um, from Amazon and they basically had no CBD in them at all, much less hemp. They were just, you know, so they were probably coming from a foreign country and, um, you know, they didn't care. They were just trying to get on the bandwagon. So again, the quality and some of the stuff you can buy on Amazon, it can be very, very low. And you just, you know, the, the good guys are just going to have to wait it out and, and educate uh, the, you know, consumers about what's good and what's not. Again, they're getting, you know, you've seen the stuff, there's pesticide in this stuff. There's just a, it's just a mess. And again, that's that wild, wild west mentality and guys are, you know, cranking up and going, finding something that looks like or smells like CBD and they're putting it on or they're labeling it under hemp. It's showing up on Amazon, uh, but they're not going to be long-term players. Uh, and the FDA, FCC, FTC will find, will find them eventually. Uh, it's the whole thing with the, you know, again, the uh, vape pens. Somebody was selling those vape pens that ended up having whatever, that uh, vitamin D. Vitamin E acetate. Vitamin E, yep. And, yep. you know, kill people. Well, I don't know that the stuff that's being marketed as hemp, but it's, you know, who knows? It's got pesticides in it. It could kill you over time if you keep taking it. So, again, the whole industry has got to come together, figure this out. We've got to police the bad guys. Regulation is... To a certain extent, is a good is a good thing because we can get some of the bad guys out. So, do you work with your clients on content marketing strategy as well? Um, I know there is a lot of misinformation out there about CBD, and there is generally a lack of consumer knowledge about. Um, you know, I don't think many people would know the difference between hemp and CBD, and that they are not one in the same, but that CBD can be a part of hemp if, you know, extracted correctly. Um, so do you work with them a bit on content marketing and, and educating their customers and how important is that um, in terms of the marketing funnel? It's very important. Um, and we've, we definitely have helped in the content space. We've got a, a couple of writers that write in the cannabis space, cannabis and CBD space. They're very knowledgeable of all what you can say and can't say, the difference, the, the uh, chemical dis differences between cannabis and CBD. And, you know, my guys who work on it day to day, they, they know it because when we start with a customer, you know, we think of uh, affiliates as super consumers. And so we actually build a welcome kit that we send out when we recruit all the partners. We tell them what they can and can't say. We also give them even though they're in the space, we give them educational points. Why is, you know, you're not going to get high with CBD. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, it's not going to cure cancer that we know of. Um, so, you know, we got all this misinformation out there and, and there were some of the particularly early on, or actually still there, there are people making claims on their websites about, you know, cures cancer, you know, uh, removes, uh, 
epilepsy or you know, they're still saying that stuff yeah and so you know one you can't make that claim there's no studies right now that support it i mean no large-scale studies are supported approved by the fda so you've got to really do the content just as a real simple you know try this and see what you find and so it's been really hard i mean i think consumer misinformation is one of the reasons why cbd's not more widely accepted right now maybe that's why even though i think the numbers are getting better all the time i have a i have a 13 and a half year old dog and a 91 year old mother my 91 year old mother loves cbd yeah she's been taking it for three years and she is trucking around uh you know work walking for 40 minutes a day and she says she has less arthritis pain than she had before i can't use that no matter she thinks and it's her anecdotal information but i can't use that i can't put that in content i can't put that in i can't even let that on the site as a review so you all these things you've got to do it's all compliance it's all about you know you got to be smart about what you're doing oh you know we set up a lot of review platforms for our customers so because reviews are huge deal in re retail and so one of the things we do is we manage the reviews that come in and we literally have to, you know, talk to these people with all this anecdotal information. You have to talk them off the cliff. They can't say this stuff. We have to ask them that they remove that information from their review. Now, again, we didn't generate the review. The customer did, but we still have to manage the content that shows up on the website as if it's our content. Right. So it's again, is that part of content marketing? Yes, I think it is. So yes, we do help in that also. Uh, so if you don't mind me asking, does your mother use tinctures or capsules? What's her, what, what works for her? And what does she like? She, she does tinctures. Yeah. And yeah. my dog, my dog does capsules. Nice. And my wife does gummies. And what about you? Uh, I do topicals. Nice. Yeah. I'm a, I, I've uh, taken the, the, uh, tincture i hated the taste yeah and i ugh, i couldn't find one that tasted good uh, and then i i took capsules for 90 days i didn't feel any different but i like the i like the uh, topicals i uh, you know i use the topicals every day virtually mm -hmm. i play golf you know i exercise and i've always got a little you know uh twitch or pain and put that stuff on there and it works great. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Nice. I'm glad to hear it. So, we do have a company that has the best tasting gummies in the world. And they're in the cannabis space as well. And so I don't need to plug them, but the best tasting gummy in the cannabis space, we're managing their CBD program. It's the best taking tasting CBD gummy there is. Uh-huh. And it's fully CBD, no THC in it? Correct. Awesome. Are they here in Colorado? They're here in Colorado. Yes, they are. That's exciting. Their CEO wins all kinds of awards as female entrepreneur. Yes. Very great. Yeah, so we've had really great, you know, we've got some really great companies we work with, which really makes it fun. We're seeing them grow, you know, expand, uh, go through you know, all that difficulty of getting bigger. So it's really been fun to be there helping all the time. Yeah, yeah, I love working in this space.
yeah. it's a startup industry with a lot uh -huh. of exciting and passionate founders and i think we're still in the very early stages um, and we've got our first uh cbd what we call cbd i'm sorry cannabis adjacent and they are uh, actually a cannabis service product in that they actually they've been at it for about two years but they help people get medical marijuana licenses online and then they have a secondary second service that they get their car like get patients get their marijuana. yeah so you don't have to go into some place but they have a, a medical doctor review the application and, a, and approve it so it's by state doctors within the state that, is, that have been authorized to do this and then they also will do uh, consulting on the phone consulting with the doctor who will go through, you can go through your list of things that you'd like to, that you're dressing in your life, lifestyle, whatever, and they'll tell you some of the best, best practices on uh, testing cannabis for yourself. And so we call it cannabis adjacent, they don't sell anything, but we're selling the service level. And that's been really, really fun because they're, they're really growing, doing well. And we just started their partner program a couple of months ago and it's doing quite well and by cannabis and they're moving to denver too so they're in denver <laughs> yeah they just moved their company to denver nice yeah denver's yeah. uh we're, we're in the center of yeah. things it's exciting yeah. um and so by cannabis adjacent do you mean ancillary products and services yeah, or exactly yeah okay. uh, they're, they're servicing the cannabis and they actually you can do the same thing with a doctor with cbd so you can ask them, I don't want to really take a psychoactive, so tell me a CBD product that would be good for these issues. So you can do both CBD or cannabis. And all online. Excuse me? And this is all online with this service? Uh, the consulting is you have, they actually talk to a doctor. Gotcha. Medical professional. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue because uh, something I think we've seen is that CBD is the gateway to people using more THC-based products or going from hemp and CBD to, to entering or becoming more comfortable walking into a dispensary and asking for products there. Is that a trend that you've been seeing in uh, your work and in your marketing? Yeah, I don't know that that's really anything we've really been tracking. It's, mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of cannabis companies in the CBD market and vice versa. So the probably because we've been so much on any, we work in the area where you can ship somebody, something to somebody and it's not really store oriented. That's really not our expertise so much. So I don't know that I really have any direct, I would say that sounds right. Um, I'm seeing some people are low. I, I tell you what, I know anecdotally from my experience, from my friends that are typically a little older and have very, been very resistant about changing, understanding cannabis and and uh, THC and what that means and how it does. And uh, I've seen them become less resistant to THC as they have taken CBD and enjoyed the results of that. So mm -hmm. while they may not want to take a psychoactive THC or, or cannabis product, um, they're being more open to that discussion than they would have been in the past. So I think the value of CBD is a, uh, a door opener for some people to 
rethink this, you know, whole cannabis experience we've gone through the last, you know, since I was a kid, it has really been uh, helpful. And I think part of the improving trends, poll trends with uh, cannabis too. And while we're talking about trends, who have you seen as the fastest growing segments and who, who should companies be paying attention to as the new CBD consumer? I know in the cannabis space, women and baby boomers are growing quite rapidly. Have you seen anything similar um, from, from your perspective as well? Yeah, I think that I think that I see kind of a disconnect. It seems like the people that I, it seems like, you know, 40 plus people are buying it and the people that are running these companies tend to be, you know, younger. And yeah. so, you know, they don't, you know, the big market is for people with the aches and pains over all the years that are, you know, 50, 60, 70, and they're the ones with the income to do it. And I think the younger people just, they'll go do cannabis. But in the CBD space, I think the market, and I th that's been, that's been borne out by polls research. Right. People that are taking it. So I think that as you look at these websites, it really, you know, changes maybe the way you should market. Um, and, you know, because you want to make, you want to be inclusive. You don't want to miss the, the younger people that want to try it and find value because they, they just want to do that. And then, but it's the older, you know, older generation, I think, that's really driving a lot of the sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, so what is the biggest challenge that you face in digital marketing with CBD? Is there sort of one, this is our biggest pain point that you encounter as an agency? Yeah, it's, it's very, let me say this in a nice way, <laughs> very minimal understanding of e-commerce in general. Now that's with your clients. Yeah. Terrible websites. Ugly. Don't work. Not mobile sensitive. Uh, you can't order a subscription. Just things that just you go. Well, we passed on people because their sites are so bad. Yeah. And they weren't committed to upgrading their site. Um, you know, when we send, we can send traffic to your site, but if it doesn't convert, then you're not making any money. We're not making any money together. So we've, we, that's been the number one. Now to exacerbate that there aren't, you look at a lot of websites around the country and they're not very good, but they're in a business where there's a no need. And, but in this, when you're so competitive and you're trying to build a brand, you've really got to have a great website. You have to have reviews, you have to have loyalty. And there, there are only a couple, really only a few, I think, really fun, strong websites in the space. Um, and not very many of them are with our customers and our customers are doing well, but uh, we're doing we're with one customer and we're doing a whole redo of their website because it was one is they just, they, they're in the cannabis space too, and they're making, they're growing and they're going national. So their resources are going to that because they know they're going to make money. So the the CBD stuff is kind of falling off their radar. So we're going out and doing it. And so we're redoing, we're going to end up redoing their website because it's just not very good. And, but you know, we've had some of our biggest customers. I don't think their websites are very good. Now they haven't asked me, but 
I would tell them if they did. Yeah. But there are there are a bunch of really good websites out there. I think uh, CB Distillery just love their site. Um, their unboxing experience when you get a product is superior. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always liked Sunday Scary's website. Uh, I never liked Lord Jones, but uh, it sold for $300 million. Um, so, you know, there's, I think, but, but it's also, the problem is exacerbated because there are not a lot of good e-commerce guys out there in the United States that are available. And so when you go start somebody, you're getting somebody that's maybe done a WordPress site. And then they all said, oh, let's do WooCommerce because it's cheap. And, you know, that's not the best way to go because, you know, we have a hundred, we have a bunch of e-commerce enterprise customers and none of them use WooCommerce. There's a reason for that. Uh, it's not scalable like Shopify, BigCommerce, Magento, and other, other things are. So, and then you got whole design issue. And, you know, the design, the user experience is usually bad. They're not capturing emails when you, somebody comes to the site. They're not doing emails after they've been to the site and did or didn't buy. I mean, just on and on and on how little they really understand e-commerce. And that's really been one of the biggest things we've dealt with. So the foundation is good design, good e-commerce, and then that allows you to really scale and help them market in a way that is effective. Well, you have to take advantage of the traffic when it gets to the site. And so if you don't do that, all the traffic we can drive, particularly when you start doing paid traffic, it's one thing to get partners, but even the partners now understand that if they don't like the website, they're not going to send you any traffic. You're not going to write a review about you. You better have a great product. You better have a good brand. You better have a good logo. You better have the site needs to have a great user experience, a content on the site, visuals on the site, all have to be really good. And if you don't do that, the traffic that comes to your site is not going to convert. Then we all lose. That makes sense. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, I just have a few last questions. So one of the things you had mentioned was um, that it's really difficult to build a brand in the CBD space. And I think part of that is because it is getting so competitive and the differentiators aren't as clear as why is your tincture better than the 400 other ones I see on the shelf or online. Um, Can you speak a little bit about what you see from a brand perspective that is important or that um, companies need to consider in the early stages? Yeah, we're not brand guys. I mean, yeah. And so it's a, it's a really tough question. For all the things you just said, how do you differentiate product and all that? And they're all trying to find these little this, that, or the other. And some of them are compelling, some are not. Um, and so it's really hard. And so, but we kind of think, and the other thing that makes it hard is you can't test it. So one of the good things when you've got Google and you've got Facebook and you've got Amazon, you can go test your own BS. You know, you, you tell me this works better, this works ever, but if you can't drive traffic to it on a consistent basis, no one knows. So we're more on the test side. And since we can't do, you know, we know, if we drive enough traffic to a site through Google, as an example, we can test what works with the consumer and we can help you get your message better, stronger. But when you can't do that and you're, you're relying on, you know, partners, 
your own SEO content or getting lucky and going viral on something, which is really hard, you know, uh, hard to do. Um, you know, it's, it's really makes it hard to do a brand. So all you can do really then is study your competitors and take the best of what they're doing, emulate it, differentiate yourself with a combination of, you know, uh, imagery, content, and whole, you know, the whole feeling. And some of it is also, you know, customer service. You get a sale, you better turn that person into a lifetime value. If you don't, then you've lost that opportunity. So again, it's a very tricky space. And, you know, um, we had a, we had a really, really interesting meeting with the guys that had some, um, or have a, um, we're hoping to get hired by them. They're in the process of finishing out their production facilities in Oregon. And they picked a brand uh, design firm. Just blew my brain. They showed me some of their work. I just went, perfect. I mean, they had, they picked a, a design firm, brand management company that I'd not seen anything like it in the CBD space. Now it's not going to be cheap, but I'm the other alternative. And these guys had dough, but I mean, the alternative is you go out there without a strategy and you're going to, how do you compete? That? It's going to be hard. So again, it takes the whole thing. It right. takes money and it's going to get more expensive to break into the market as Google opens up because you know, the big guy, Charlotte's web and CB distillery and all these big guys are going to have plenty of dough to spend when, when, uh, paid search, paid Amazon, paid Facebook open up. And, uh, so, you know, that's kind of what you got to do. I think to really do, you got to have good e-commerce knowledge background and you got to have a really strong branding position. And the branding position is, I think, yes, it needs to be differentiating. It needs to be, uh, you know, unique. But, you know, sometimes you can sell really good product in the same category just because you've got a better message, better delivery, and you're able to handle a conversion and the post conversion with the customer in a way that delights and keeps them a high lifetime value. And so... That's what we're trying to do. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dirk. Any last words you would like to say or mention? No, I appreciate them. Uh, you know, we we try to be involved in a couple of associations and learn more all the time. And it's, uh, you know, it's a rapid, rapidly ex expanding and growing market. I think the market will be even stronger, uh, which I'm really, I was really hoping that cannabis would get um descheduled before or by the election. I don't know where that is, uh, um, though this is a whole long process on shipping it across state lines. There's all kinds of stuff there, you know, the whole, you know, backlog of the intellectual backlog that we got to deal with, with, you know, I go to other states and I mean, they, they're just clueless about yeah. THC. Being in Colorado, we think the rest of the country is like Colorado and understanding the issues and how you live and how people aren't getting run over by cars and aren't driving cars, aren't driving high and caught killing anybody. And, you know, the, I think the state of Colorado has done a great job of taking some of the money and looking at education. And we haven't seen any increase in, in children using marijuana above what it was before, which is an amazing thing. 
And so we've, Colorado's really done a lot of things. And I think the idea that, that cannabis is, you know, not nearly as bad as drinking alcohol. And uh, I, if you had a picture, my wine bottles are in the back there. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it's, it's like, you know, this is, shouldn't be an issue, but it's in this collective consciousness of 70 years of war on drugs that just, you know, we can talk about how wasteful that was in human lives and, and everything, but it's going to take a while to get to the point where we can have a rational conversation with some people about it. It will. It will. Well, thank you. And uh, please tell our listeners how they can find you or learn more about eAccountable. Uh, yeah, it's Dirk Price, uh, uh, just Dirk, and it's spelled D-U-R-K at eAccountable.com. It's accountable with an E on front. Uh, uh, com and we're in Denver, Colorado, and in the Cherry Creek area. Stop by and visit us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dirk. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Well, thanks, Lisa. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Did you like this video? Give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. You can learn more at thecannabismarketingassociation.com and find us on social media at at Marketing and at Cannabis Marketing Summit. And don't forget to buy tickets to our annual virtual Cannabis Marketing Summit this June.